This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let me see you put your hands up now. 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 With guest host, Steve Weissman. I've been listening to you guys since day one. You guys are phenomenal. Um, just keep getting better like fine wine. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Earlier on the show. NFL Network host, MJ Acosta Ruiz. Big Ten Network broadcaster, Lisa Byington. Tennis Hall of Famer, Andy Roddick. Still to come. Pro Football Hall of Famer, Kurt Warner. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Steve Weissman. Man, that sounds good. Hour three. Goes by so quick. I told you it's going down. fast. <laughs> it goes fast. TJ, I haven't even eaten the eggs yet. Uh-oh. You know, it's funny. I thought about that like 45 <laughs> minutes ago. I'm like, I brought him breakfast. Did he even like... Wait, I you didn't have any of it? You got breakfast? I haven't eaten any. I've had the coffee. Great. Okay. I saw you drink the coffee. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. But I'm yeah. going on an empty stomach. I even I cut up an apple today to bring in. You Nothing. You were so nervous. Oh, you you yeah. didn't know how chill it was here. It. No. This I didn't. Is... I had just only been on the phone. <laughs> I, I had only been on the Mercedes Benz Vans phone line, nice. which, by the way, I waited until well the third guest to say it. So that's why I just threw in threw well, in another plug for well the Vans from Mercedes Benz. We want one of those. Uh, we're all we're looking for one of those. Right? Yeah. Really why does that never happen? Really I'm a man about yeah. town. If they need yeah, me now, TJ I used I, I, I was a hermit, but now I'm not a hermit anymore. So I'm a man yeah. about town. TJ's back, by the way. Yeah. He was home for two straight years. Now he's back. He's he went a, to the yeah. movies yeah. by himself. Yeah. He went to a premiere last yes. week. Like what yeah. premiere? Uh, it was this movie called Vengeance. It's a B, uh, written directed by B. J. Novak. Yeah. who was in the, the office. office. Yeah, yeah legend. So, like TJ, literally, Steve did not leave his house. Like I say this, two years. Other than coming here. For a long time, right? It was, you know, from like March 2020 to about September of 21, I decided that uh, I I enjoyed not being around people (laughs) that much. And I really looked at quarantine as something to help me work on myself. And um, so I did. And what I decided was I didn't need to be around a whole lot of people. So I just kind of hermit, became a hermit. But I I realized it's more fun with me out and about. You know, in these streets. So, you know, I'm getting back out. You know? In these El Segundo streets. In these El Segundo streets. You know, in these Hollywood streets. You know, I was up and down, you know, up in Englewood. You know, I was in, went to Slauson and Crenshaw. I guess that was always up to no good. You know, I was just doing my thing. Now you're at premieres. Back people, at it. people need to back. see the Jays, right? They I mean, do. Like, and it was funny because I had a, a publicist friend of mine, Kathleen, who overheard someone talking about my Jordans at the premiere. Had on a pair of uh, bread 11s, pad yeah. leathers. She then started talking to me about it. I start telling her, you don't know this, but Chris knows we have a few callers who called in and mentioned my sneakers. So she's like, I'm going to talk to my people at night. Now, I haven't heard back yet, but, you know, <laughs> fingers crossed. We see if something can get going. So appreciate you, Kathleen. Don't think I didn't read your story in the Altoona Mirror. <laughs> which, <laughs> All about TJ Jefferson. Oh, I mean, the profile. Oh, okay. Talking about, you know. See, I appreciate you, Steve, because, you know, Rich and these jabronis, they want to give me crap because I was below the fold. Like, it was still the front page. TJ, yeah, I absolutely. Never crap about that. Below the fold. They don't want to give me crap about that. They don't want to give me credit, Steve, because I made it onto the prices right. And they don't want to give me credit because I got to the showcase showdown. They only want to bring up the fact that I lost. No, you know? no, no, no. See, sometimes the now, journey is the real What happened the real in the story, showcase Steve. showdown? I, I went over. <laughs> Steve, Steve, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. You don't know the whole story. TJ has two Harley Davidsons in his showcase. Yeah. So we're all sitting here watching it for the first time. 
I turned to Brockman and I said to him how much I thought they were. And when I found out how much the two Harleys were, I was like, there's no way. We had to look it up. Yeah. Because we did not, I did not believe. I was totally on par with how much TJ had originally said. A couple of things about this appearance. First off, TJ, <laughs> but it's like you did make it, which yeah. is which is awesome. Uh, but you don't get credit for just showing up to work. You know well, what I mean? See, but did so, I just show up if I if I made it? If I won a prize? If I no, got did, to the wheel? If you I got right. the wheel? What's the prize you, you won great. in the in the initial round? Uh, it was a ping pong table. So he won. Okay. You were a winner. But he did get ki- he did so, get kind of screwed because. First off, he had to play a game that they never play, Master Key. They never play that, nope, right? Except for oh. today. And so they, apparently they played <laughs> it today. We, we got are. a tweet from, from a, a loyal fan here. And then you go to the showcase oh. and... Oh, before the showcase, Steve, I've got to spin the wheel, right? i got yeah. to get to the showcase. Oh, yeah, you spun the wheel. I go great. first. I've yeah, got to like outlast these other two right. contestants. Right. I did that. I'm in the finals. Anybody care about that? Nah. Well, wait. What? That. So what? How many cents no, did you, you get? I got and 85 burned. cents. That's, That's good. Yeah. And one spin or two? Two. Two spins to get two 85. Not go over. That's pretty good. Not go over. Which is irony. He has these two motorcycles sure. where if you look at them, you're like, man, motorcycles have got to be expensive. Like, you know, I'm going to bet. Let me ask you, see, I'm going to bet. How much would you think two Harley Davidsons? I mean, are they tricked out? Like, what kind of Harley? No, they're just pretty basic looking. Basic Harley Davidsons. Two basic Harley Davidsons. I'm going to go. Oh, this is going to be great. I can't wait for this. This is going to be great. I hope he actually gets it. Fifty-two thousand. Yeah, he's already way over. Saying, Thank you, Steve. You he's go. already way over. Yeah. I bet forty-four thousand. They were eight grand a piece. What? Yeah. Exactly. No way. It was you like the most, I get a Harley for eight grand. It was the Harley basic of the basic. <laughs> it's just gonna be out in these uh, in these streets on a bike. You could soon. see the picture. I went. I went over. You know, that's actually that's actually from the show. When I went over, I found the camera and went straight into it. You know, I went over, but so you know, Brockman goes. Brockman and Rich think that I went out there and I clown too much. But what these guys don't understand is, me and my grandma. That was our thing. The Price is Right. Yeah. So the last time I saw my grandmother before she passed, I went home. I spent some time with her. We watched The Price is Right. And I told her, when I go back, this is 2006. I'm like, when I go back, I'm going to go on The Price is Right. And I start telling her all this stuff I would do. And my grandmother just would laugh at me. And she told me to don't go on the show and act a fool. Uh, well, guess what? I went on the show and acted a fool because that was like me and her thing. Like, I used to love to make her laugh. And I feel like the stuff I was doing would have made her laugh. So I'm okay losing. I don't have anything to prove to anybody. That was that was for my grandmother. And that was it. So, that's beautiful. Yeah. Even yeah. though you did. I, I, I think he's a winner. Not After do. that story, I'm, I'm moved. You're wearing the same shoes that you wore on that day, by the How, way. Yeah, ironically enough. Yeah. I rock these. So. By the way, I, I feel like the price is right. <laughs> there you well, go. Another wheel, one, of, wheel of Fortune, <laughs> Jeopardy, <laughs> brings a lot of grandmothers and grandsons together. Yeah, like Grandma Jean. We used to watch. Yeah, my grandma loved Wheel, wheel of Fortune, Fortune Jeopardy. Right? I that, mean, yeah. I, what, something about game shows and grandmas, man. It just it just fits together. Yeah, you just you sit on the couch. Grandma's on the big chair <laughs> always. <You know. laughs> and that that's quality time. If you're not playing, you know, cards. And, you know, I think we're all of a certain age where we can remember, like, you know, having to get up to turn the channel because there was no remote. And so that was the other thing. Like, I'd be upstairs and my grandparents would call me downstairs. And I'm like, yeah, they're like, change that to channel two. And I was like, (laughs) seriously, I was up. You there's five feet and I was up. But, you know, hey, (laughs) that's what you had to do. in those. I had to turn the dial. 
Turn the dial. There was yeah. no no remote, no control. remote control. Turn that dial. You either CBS, ABC, yeah, UHF, NBC, and then Mikey, you remember we're getting the cable, the little brown cable box. You get TBS, and you know that's why I watch so many. I mean, I black and white. You guys, I'm an old guy. Black and white TV. Black and white. We got the first color. I was like, whoa, that's what it looks like. Seriously, I did start in color. Yeah, you guys all started. Yeah, we all started in color. Yeah, I was a black. We don't know how old TJ is. Yeah, true. TJ, you had one before. I never saw black and white TV until later. Is what I'm saying. It was just radio only, right? Now, Mike, you had movies when they didn't speak. That's how. That's right. That's the silent, films. silent, silent films. actors. Well, they own. They own the yeah. prime real estate in Beverly Hills. Like I was like, what are they saying? I don't really know. All right, people, let's do this. It's Monday. It's Monday. Action Monday. Let's get started. Chris Brockman. Overreaction Monday. Shut it down. That was crap. That was garbage. This place sucks. Overreaction Mondays. Monday. All right, our first go around here with Steve Wiseman, and our first go around of the 2022 actual NFL season. Preseason, but still, let's do it. All right, guys. First up, let's talk about Seattle. I'm going to say Geno Smith, Seahawks starting quarterback all season. I know we've heard a lot about Drew Locke, obviously, in the trade for Russell Wilson. But Geno's got the inside track right now, and he's performing better than Drew Locke. I'm going to say it's Geno's gig all year. Hmm. Thoughts? Mm, slight overreaction. <laughs> this, is not, this is not a massive statement uh you know geno smith experience starting in the nfl drew lock drew lock by the way to, to tie tennis back into this the u.s open twitter account trolled oh, drew yeah. lock right just like rich trolled ohio state yeah that got intense yeah but drew came back he, he took it in stride do we I, still think there's no chance jimmy g ends up i know it's the same division but it's hard right gotta be a chance it's hard would you want to help the team that you've got to ultimately face twice do you want to spend you know 30 million dollars on a guy that's not playing good point but you know or don't we always say the backup quarterback spot is the most valuable? Yes. Most popular yeah, player. No, you don't pay backup quarterbacks that much money. What happens when you don't have one and your quarterback goes down? And you're not doing anything. Yeah. Is, is Jimmy <laughs> going to end up anywhere? Like, are we going to be waiting a while? Seems like we've been talking so much we about have, Jimmy G this offseason. That's right? like the one story, right? Yeah. It's, that doesn't hasn't reached a conclusion yet. Yeah. I, can I give you a hot take? Yeah, I love hot takes. And this is going to sound out there, too, because they're in the same division. Maybe Stafford's elbow isn't back to where it should be and maybe Jimmy G somehow some way ends up with the Rams I mean, before the be season's awesome, yeah. over just I don't know John Wolf forgot to say about it but yeah it's a fire about, take but like I said in the same division like <laughs> yeah I register I register we got to bring that back <laughs> all right uh next up we've been talking a lot how, how much have we been talking about Debo this offseason Debo right Debo Debo finally Tucky got Chana. paid uh a week ago but you know what guys Brandon Ayuk is the Niner receiver that's going to make the most headlines this year. Brandon Ayuk. Have you seen some of the clips, some of the uh, some of the videos making the rounds it, from heard. Niners camp? Brandon I, Ayuk is killing it. He is killing it. I also I, I saw him on NFL Network uh, a couple days ago with uh, Mike Yam and Mooch, and he was telling you know talking about going at it with Fred Warner. Right? Yeah, I man, like that. A couple times. I, his coach doesn't love it. But I like that. And Brandon Ayuk is, is all in for the Out Niners of the this year. Doghouse finally. Yeah. Brandon Ayuk, guys. That yeah. is not an overreaction. Remember that, Chris? What and, and see what, what happened last year? No one really knows. It was like this guy seemed like he was primed to maybe have a breakout season, and then, like you just said, Chris, he was in the doghouse. We're hearing these stories. So, 
it, it, it's interesting to see how he's going to turn it around this year. Especially if they they just use Debo out wide. I mean, I don't, I don't know with this new deal and all that. He's not trying to get all those touches as a running back. If he's out wide, you double team him. Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. Right? Why Brandon Ayuk finished the season strong. I don't know. We'll see. You drafted him this year, bro? Brandon Ayuk? I had him two years ago during his rookie year. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, how about this, TJ? This is your division, not your team, but your division. You know who else is having a really great camp so far? Who's that? Saquon Barkley. Saquon's going to have a career year, guys. Career year for Saquon. (laughs) Go ahead, silence. (laughs) Nobody nobody on Saquon? Eh. Wow. He's still on the Giants. Still got, got the best, you know, hamstrings, quads in the game. But no love for Saquon. We'll see. Okay. Well, what's a breakout year for him? Like, what was his? Let me no, see. I mean career year, not breakout. Oh, okay. career. I'm like best year. I'm yet. talking about back back. I think it's a good take, hmm. Brockman. I think it's a good take because why not? Right? He should. He should be able to do that. I mean, I mean, he had his best year, his rookie year, 1,300 yards, yeah, 11 touchdowns, had 91 catches. Man, he was a beast that first year. And then kind of nothing since. Uh, played 13 games, obviously missed some time. The second year, missed basically all of 2020. 2020 yeah. That's a throwaway year for everybody, though. <laughs> the man who wants that to happen? Daniel Jones. Daniel oh, Jones yeah. needs, needs it. it to happen. He needs it to happen. Exactly. <laughs> he, <needs it. laughs> he wants it and he needs it. Saquon Barkley, first round running back in fantasy. First round, you take Saquon in the first Ooh. round? <laughs> Not in the first round? I mean, the Pats, wow. do you want to win your league? Or? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> TJ. You know, I'm, Saquon with the Penn State, I love Saquon. I know. I'm but he plays like, for the Giants. And right. I don't love them, yeah. but I, I don't know if I, he's a first-round back. I wouldn't right, be a person having him uh, on the team. Right, how about this one? Speaking of fantasy, another guy who's back. Might have Andy Dalton throwing to him, I guess. But you'll regret not drafting Michael Thomas in fantasy. Michael Agreed. Thomas back. Totally agree on this. Michael Thomas is a huge threat. And I think he's going to do big things this year. I, I mean... When he went out, this is one of the top wideouts in the game. Now he's back. Jameis Winston got a lot of targets there. Saints offense is going to be on fire. You will regret not taking Michael Thomas. Guys, there's four things. You can't guard Mike. Okay. That's one thing. You mean four words? Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's his handle, right? You can't yeah, guard can't Mike. guard Mike. That's his Twitter handle. He's got swagger. He does. And he's got a point. He hasn't played in <laughs> you know, two when, years. He's he, back. I he think. hasn't played, Fully but when healthy. he was healthy and on the field, he was unstoppable. So It's even better that he's missed two years. That's two years without hits. That's two <laughs> years without the punishment. Right? That's a of great the way National to look football at it, man. It really is. Yeah, true that. So he's, he's a young whatever he is. All right, last football one. We'll get to a couple of baseball. The Browns need Kareem Hunt, especially with the Watson likely suspended for most of the year. They need Kareem Hunt. They can't let him... They can't trade him. They can't let him sit. What do you think? They don't not need him. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Uh, I, I think they, they they really could use him a lot. I, I mean, Nick Chubb can do a thing on his own, but Kareem Hunt provides that dual threat, catch balls out of the backfield, bit of a changeup from Chubb, and depending on what happens at the quarterback position, your offense is going to be based on what those guys are doing on the ground and what Kareem Hunt can bring through the air as well. So talking through this, Brockman, yes. They need Kareem Hunt, which is why they said 
no trade. <laughs> no trade for you. <laughs> no trade for you. No trade for you. Come back one year. All right, couple baseball guys. TJ, this one's for you. Man, the Mets look good, huh? <laughs> oh, buddy. Jacob oh. DeGrom makes the Mets World Series favorites. They should be the favorite. Are you asking me this? Yes, yeah, Scherzer, DeGrom, let's go. I mean, as I started... The trumpets the sh- are playing. As I started to show the most dominant one-two punch maybe in baseball right now, I don't know if we're the favorites necessarily, um, but I'm I'm too close to the situation to give you an honest assessment. I'll just say that. I, I'm loving this team right now, man. They are so much fun, and we got those two back. And, you know, every night when I go to bed, I say my prayers. You know, I pray for my family and my friends and those in need. In the last few nights, I've also been specifically praying for Scherzer and DeGrom to stay healthy. <laughs> so, God, if you listen, you put in some frivolous prayers in there as well. Well, I, frivolous. How dare you? Those are the aces of my rotation. I need to keep them healthy. So, yeah, I throw some extra prayers in for, for, for Jake and Max and just to keep them, you know, in tip top shape. But sure. Who am I to judge a prayer? <laughs> Pray for it all. 1,523 strikeouts. More than any pitcher. First 200 games. TJ and his best. Beyond Scherzer and DeGrom, though, I mean, you, you did the trumpets, right? Trumpets. Edwin, Edwin Diaz. Diaz. Edwin Diaz. I mean, oh, my Cy God. Young. Are we yeah. talking Cy Young? We got the closer. You know what? That, that was brought up in my uh, baseball group chat this weekend. I, I, why not? We're gonna why call not? Last closer to win the Cy Young was who? Was it Eric Gagne? Yes, yeah. 2003. But that got taken away, right? That doesn't count anymore? Sure. Of all those <laughs> We're going to start calling Diaz Glenn Close because he's the closer. Only nine relievers have ever taken the Cy Young. All right, last one. And this he's, he's dominant And this right is for now, you, Mike, yeah. even though Rich is not here. How about this? You know the Yankees' record since the All-Star break? Yeah, we suck. Like really bad. Yeah, it's about, it's Nine and 16 record. or something? The Yankees are not going to reach the ALCS. Not going to make it. That's how you're overreacting. We're gonna lose. Yeah, I'm gonna, rich, maybe even rich. maybe wild card divisional. I don't know. Not in the ALCS. A hundred percent, they are. Hundred percent, they're gonna make it. A hundred percent, they are. What? Just just pencil it in, Astros pencil Yankees. It in. Astros totally, Yankees, pencil I, it in. But I'm not like Rich, sitting there going, "We're gonna win." I, it, he's out of his mind now. We we actually stink right now. Not fully on ice. We don't stink on ice yet. We're not rotting, but it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. What is going on? It's terrible. It's terrible. That's all I can say. Horrible. Terrible. Twelve. I think we lost. Terrible. We lost twelve of the last twenty. I believe. It's nuts. Yeah, it's I not. Think that's a yeah, yeah, it's not the, good. But you still got leading the league in wins, right? No, no, no. Oh, no, they, no you Dodgers, got passed up. Dodgers, no, Dodgers. Dodgers, Dodgers I think I'm more like the Dodgers I just swept the Padres. Yeah, the Dodgers are. They, do, Dodgers you guys are going to have. So I'm saying. Uh, you, just by the way, you Dodgers do not want to play those guys in the NL because that is going to be that'll be a phenomenal NLC. Oh my! I can already see it. You're going to play those games. And we, the Yankees, we stink. Like, we, I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. It's like, See, he, I, he's been hesitant to I'm say anything good about the Yankees. Take this pop he's because I'm like, Brockman busts. Like, we're not going to make He's, I hate, I hate him, but I have to agree with him. And Rich will sit there and I'm like, Rich, come. And this is why you can't. I'm not taking the pop. <laughs> Love Just this. for the record, today's date, guys, is August 8th. Exactly. <laughs> and and when Rich goes, yeah, where am I? <laughs> this is why. Pitching. pitching. It's a little boomer out of here. I would take his pitchers in. I would. What, what can I give up? 
Whatever. Nothing. I, everything. Sell everything. Nothing. I would take the entire his, his staff and I'd be in heaven. There you go. You're just hanging in Queens. Getting yeah. out of the Bronx. All right. Cashman hasn't had good pictures in forever. I'm sorry. There I go. All right. Kurt, <laughs> Kurt Warner coming up next. <laughs> Steve Weissman filling in for Rich. Steve's the like, Rich what's Eisen going on show. here? Yeah. <laughs> Kurt Warner. He was there. You said you wanted Kenton, to talk more. Ohio. <laughs> talk to him all about it. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Monday, August 8th, Steve Weissman filling in for Rich today on the Rich Eisen Show. So excited. It's been a great couple of hours here with Brockman, Del Tufo, TJ, just rolling through. Just heard from Dick Vermeil, one of the new eight members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It was a beautiful ceremony this weekend. Kurt Warner was there, my friend and colleague from NFL Network. It's been a long weekend. So excited to have Kurt join us here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. Uh, Kurt, thanks so much for taking some time this morning. You got it. Uh, finally made it home from Ken. It was a great weekend, but it was a long trip home. So I uh, spent the night in Denver and finally got back home this morning. So it's good to be joining you. Listen, Kurt, uh, there was the Hall of Fame dinner. We'll get into that a little bit, putting the gold jacket on, on Dick Vermeil. What was the most, and maybe this was it, but what was the most memorable moment of the weekend for you? And it's always a great question. Um, yeah, I do love the gold jacket um, dinner, and you know when guys get to kind of walk down the gauntlet of you know Hall of Fame players, and you know you just see the connections, uh, whether it was teammates or, or players that you coached or guys that you had an influence on. I mean, I think it took Coach V about forty-five minutes to walk down the gauntlet because he stopped and talked to and hugged everybody because he's got some kind of connection. He's been in the game so long, but that's such a neat 
night because you know, it does sink in differently for every player or every coach that gets in, and you never know when that's going to hit you. But that is just a, a really special, unique event. Um, you know that, that that's unlike anything else, and I think it's kind of that moment for a lot of guys when it really I'm a Hall of Famer once I slide this jacket on. That's all. It's the first thing you get, right? You get the gold jacket, then you see the bust the next day, and eventually you get the ring. Uh, You wrote a beautiful article on NFL.com about Coach V, who's obviously meant so much to you in your career. You talked about his superpower. What what was that, Kurt, and how did that make him a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I I just believe his super. And, and, you know, just in that interview he was doing with Rich, you could just see, you know, his – uh, his connection with people, uh, his heart for people, and that to, to me was what always separated him. I was around a lot of great coaches, uh, and not to say that those guys didn't connect with their players, um, but Dick had a, a special way of connecting with guys and making you feel like uh, you know you were the most important guy in the room. Uh, I think my wife said it when we were talking about him: is that um, you know when he walks into the room. He makes it feel, make you feel like you're the most important and not he's the most important. And I think he, he was like that as a coach. Uh, you always felt like he had your best interest in mind, in mind over his, over uh, you know, winning and the success. As we know, all you know, guys that are connected and competitive you know, want to win and have success. But when you can feel that from your coach, that he's really you know, doing everything he can to make you succeed – um, that's when you want to, you know, play for him. And that's when you want to fight for him, you know, between those lines on Sundays. And you could talk to players that, you know, he coached all the way back in high school to the, you know, last players he coached in Kansas City, and they will all tell you the same thing, that they felt the exact same connection, same way about him. He continues to, to stay in touch with, I mean, so many guys. It's, it's incredible when you talk to guys that, they, yep, he, he texted me two weeks ago. He texted me three weeks ago. He follows up and connects with people. And, and that, to me, was what separated him as a leader and why, you know, not just player-wise or between the lines, but why all the organizations he was a part of uh, were better off when he left than they were when he got there is because that infiltrated the entire organization that he was a part of. That's such a special quality, and you could certainly see it in his speech. I mean, the, the amount of thank yous, the personal <laughs> Thank yous that he was handing out to, to literally everybody almost in his football life. So much so that I was like, when's he, when's he thanking Kurt? And it was, it was way away at the end. Um, obviously, you've meant so much to him and his success. But you were inducted five years ago into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You wrote that you still have trouble putting on your gold jacket and feeling that you belong with, with all that you've done. How come? Um, you know, I... I, I don't know why that is, um, but you know, I just I think sometimes because of the journey that I had and the limited amount of time that I played, um, you know, that I think sometimes I just look at some of the guys that are on that stage and I just wonder, you know, if I belong in the same category, you know. And, and you could ask me, do I believe when I was between the lines that I was one of the best to ever play this game? I do. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of people kind of wrestle with the idea of guys that don't play as long as other guys. And I love the distinction of kind of a, a first ballot Hall of Famer from, from other guys because I do believe there are certain guys that played at another standard or had the longevity or, or put all that together, um, you know, and have that special significance being a first ballot guy. Um, but, but I don't know why. Um, you know, it, it's hard to say because, like I said, I have tremendous confidence in who I was and believe, 
in uh, in what I accomplished and in who I was when I played. Um, but I don't, I don't know. It just sometimes it's it just kind of kind of funky. I just want to kind of sit in the back of the room and, and you know watch all of these guys that were my heroes and guys that helped me fall in love with the game and guys that you know, did so many great things between the lines and, and uh, enjoy the moment even though I don't really know quite how I feel it fit in. No, I mean, I think that's some of the qualities that make you such a special person as well, that, that, that humbleness. And I think you carry many of the qualities that, that Coach V has in terms of making others feel special uh, in your, your interactions with them. And certainly one of the greatest stories in the history of football, a story that, that needs to be immortalized for all time and, and, and so well-deserved, Kurt. Uh, when, you, when you get all of these Hall of Famers together, I mean, we see the images, we, we see the speeches of, of the eight guys. But what are some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that we don't see with, with all of you legends together? Yeah, I, yeah. I think you know the, the coolest part of all of it is you know you've watched these guys play the game, and you can look up their stats, you know, on the internet and all of that stuff, and you can understand, you know, just from a simple football perspective, why they have gold jackets, why they have busts in Canton. But for for me, every year, the the, the best part is is sitting down with some guys that I don't really know as people, just kind of know as players and admired as players, and getting to know who they are. And, you know, just as you talked about when I wrote that article about Coach Vermeil, you know, what I was saying was that as I sit and get to know all of these gold jackets, they all have a superpower. There, there's, there's something underneath that gold jacket and beyond the stats and, and the physical ability that separates them. And when you sit down and get to know them and you sit down and have conversations with guys like Willie Lanier and, and Mel Blunt, and, and I mean, these guys that, you know, really, you know, set the standard for guys, you know, before I even played And you find out about their character and, and what drove them and who they are and, and the stories that go behind them getting there. Uh, that, to me, is always the best part, you know, that, you know, the, the spectacle parts of it, you know, slipping on the gold jacket and, as you said, the speech and, um, you know, and, and popping off the, you know, the, the gold blanket and seeing the bus is always really, really cool. But it's those individual interactions and getting to know what really is underneath these guys. And it's why you start to think, oh, obviously that's why this guy's wearing a gold jacket and that's why this guy's wearing a gold jacket because they have some unique ability that not only helped them to be great, but helped the people around them to be great. And I, and I think almost to a man uh, of those guys in the Hall of Fame, you could find something that separated them and elevated the play of the people around them. And, uh, and it's why uh, they, they will live forever in Canada. Uh, that, that's so awesome to hear. And, and one thing that kind of resonated throughout every speech that I heard this weekend was, was, Faith, football, and family. Everybody yeah. talked about that. And, and you know, that is, is what brought them to this point. Everybody was giving out all the accolades to others and, and who had lifted them to be there. And, and obviously one speech that really stood out to me was, was Bryant Young's. And, yeah. you know, we all didn't expect that. And, and, you know, Steve Mariucci said it was the first time he saw BY get choked up. He was talking about his late son, Colby, who had passed away from cancer at age 15 and, you know, class of 22, 22 Colby's favorite number. What, what was your reaction being right there listening to Brian Young's speech? Well, I, you know, I didn't know the story. I didn't, um, you know, know all of that. And I think, you know, talking to Mooch kind of behind the scenes, you know, just him kind of telling me where Bryant was at that point in his career and, and what he had to give up 
um, you know, was kind of went behind the scenes and without fanfare. And so obviously extremely emotional. And I'm always in the minority is that, you know, when I gave my speech and back when we were given speeches, you know, we were told to be in the 20, 25 minute range. A lot of us took 30 minutes and I know it makes for a long day. I mean, I didn't get up on the stage until like 1115 <laughs> that night. So it made for a long day, but I love when I get to hear these guys' stories. I want to know what you know, the struggle was and, and, and what it was like to get there and who are the people that shaped them. And you know, now that we have the eight and a half minutes or whatever, I don't think we get, in my opinion, I don't get enough of what I want from that. It's so much of the thank yous because you don't want to forget anybody that was instrumental. But it's moments like that from Bryant Young that always stand out and that always resonate because, again, you start to see the men – behind everything else and that to me is what enshrinement saturday is about and what i love is i, I want to just sit there for however long it takes and i want to hear everybody's story because we all have a different journey you know everybody makes a, a big deal of of my journey and it was made into a movie and all of that stuff but all of these guys have their own journey and they have their own story and that to me is the best part and i want everybody to be able to hear that um, so I, I never complain when guys go long because I love to hear what makes them who they are. And that moment, uh, like you said, it was one of those moments that gripped everybody that was watching and, and will stick with us. You know, of all the things we know about Bryant Young, that'll probably be the thing because this is kind of that last moment that you have as a football player to, you know, kind of set your legacy. This is the last thing you get to do in the game, so to speak. Um, and we'll always remember that in the character uh, that is behind that man, you know, everything from the injury that he suffered, but, you know, who he was as a father and how that defined him um, was, was such a cool, uh, you know, moment, uh, even though obviously it was a tragedy behind it. Uh, I think it endeared everybody to who, who the man was, and, uh, and, and I'll never forget it. No, it, it's truly about the stories. I'm with you there, and, and uh, I agree. That don't put time limits on it. I mean, this is something, this is a day you've been working your entire life for, um, you know, being inducted into the Hall of Fame. The one day that, you know, as, as an elite athlete, you really get to reflect on, on what your career has been and, and the journey that's gotten you there. And so it was, it was truly a, a beautiful day overall. Speaking of journeys, Kurt, uh, we just started the preseason last Thursday. We are one month exactly from the regular season getting underway, September 8th, what quarterback are you most excited about this year? Oh, um, <laughs> I'm excited about all of them. I, I, I love all of these All guys. 32. <laughs> I, I mean, I do. I, I, I love the position. I love the game. And I, and I love and want to see all of these guys succeed. Uh, who, is, who am I most excited about? Uh, you know, I, I'm really excited about the AFC West. Uh, and, and kind of all of them. You know, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, everybody loves to watch him. Uh, Justin Herbert has been so good. I think this is kind of that year that he's going to take them to the playoffs and we get to see who he is. Russell Wilson back with a team that I think really fits his skill set and allows him the opportunity, uh, you know, to maybe get back to that championship form. And then Derek Carr, a guy that I don't think has got enough respect and, and hasn't really put it all together. Uh, I think they've surrounded him with some great talent. It's going to give him an opportunity to showcase his skills. So, I mean, I could just look in that division. I'm excited about all those guys. Of course, you know, Josh Allen, I want to see, you know, if he takes that next step and can lead Buffalo back, you know, to a Super Bowl. So, you know, th those are just a few. But I, but I always love seeing the young guys 
kind of take another step or the guys that are kind of the middle of the pack, if they get that opportunity to, to step and become elite. Uh, and I think we got some guys that are set up uh, to make a little bit of a move this year. Kurt, I, I am so with you on the AFC West. I am fascinated by those quarterbacks, those teams. I think all four of them could lead their team to a Super Bowl. I asked MJ Acosta-Ruiz about this. We've been talking about it on the show throughout the day. I mean, for me, I put Russell Wilson fourth out of that group. I, you know, I, I go Patrick Mahomes. I go Justin Herbert. I go Derek Carr. And then I go Russell Wilson for this heading into the seat. How do you how do you see it? How do you rank those quarterbacks? Um, I mean, if I'm just looking at the quarterback as a whole, and I know what you're saying, and you know, I think eventually, you know, Justin Herbert is going to make that move and probably go ahead. But I'm going to put Russell Wilson number two. I mean, simply from the standpoint that his team always has a chance to win. He he's just a winner, and he's a guy that puts his team in a position to win every time out. The other two guys in that division, Justin Herbert and uh, Derek Carr, uh, as good as they've been at moments, they haven't always done that. And that, to me, is what the quarterback position is about. And, you know, people can argue all they want on, you know, wins and losses not being a quarterback stat. I'm going to disagree with that. And, again, I, I understand the point. It is the ultimate team game. But I think the quarterback is the guy that puts you in position to be successful more than anyone else. And they're the guys that dictate in close games whether you're coming out with a victory or not more times than not. And Russell is that guy. You are always in a game with Russell Wilson. And so because of that, I say the same thing about Patrick Mahomes. That's why those two guys go one-two for me. And the other guys, as talented as they are, and, and you know, big picture, as you say, may end up being better overall quarterbacks when it's all said and done, just, you know, the, the complete skill set. Um, you got to show me that those guys can win and play in the moment the way Russell Wilson does and make you believe the way Russell Wilson does before I let either one of them unseat him as, uh, as the second-best guy in that division. Hey, and that is why, Kurt Warner, you are a Hall of Fame quarterback, a Hall of Fame analyst, and uh, I, I'm just filling in for Rich Eisen today. So uh, <laughs> you, you sold me. Way. You're Justin Herbert. You're going to just, you know, you, you're taking your steps so one day you can surpass him. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say it. You said it, Kurt. Uh, I appreciate you. Uh, listen, we haven't talked about Tom Brady, and I, and I do want to touch on him real quick. Recently turned 45 years young, and some of the stats that NFL research, I know you get the packets, uh, they do an awesome job. And one thing they put out last week on his birthday, Brady has more passing touchdowns in his 40s. So just from 40 till now, than Troy Aikman, Jim Plunkett, Bart Starr. He's got more passing yards in his 40s than Roger Staubach, Michael Vick, Sammy Ball. I mean, it just to put that, it's incredible to think about that. I know you do your, your, your study ball, your, your quarterback confidential. When you look at Tom Brady on film, is he still getting better? Well, I mean, I think that's the beautiful thing about Tom Brady, and we use this word ceiling all the time, especially with guys coming out of college. Hey, this guy's got the highest ceiling. Well, to me, we don't ever know anybody's ceiling until they get there. And we don't know how far it is from where they're at to their ceiling. That, to me, is the most impressive thing about Tom Brady throughout his career is that you know, every time we think he's hit his ceiling, he pushes himself to another level, and he, and he seems to get better. Um, you know, the beautiful thing about Tom is, A, you know, body-wise, he can still make all the throws. But, B, you never grow out of that big game gene. You know? and, and not everybody has it. That, to me, is what's always separated Tom Brady from everybody else 
is that big game gene. When you're in the moment and you need someone to play well and you need someone to make a play, there's nobody that's been better at doing that than Tom Brady. So you keep him healthy with all the stuff he does, with the way that the game has changed. And, um, you know, it's amazing to watch because, again, you know, what, 15 years ago, you know, if quarterbacks hit 40, you know, they were ancient and, you know, it was time to retire. So to think 45 is just ridiculous. But, um, you know, but, but it, it's fun to watch. And he makes our league better having him around. Um, it's fun to talk about him every year, uh, you know, being the greatest of all time. But you're still believing at 45 that he could win another Super Bowl. He could get to another Super Bowl. I mean, it's just it's unfathomable. But, um, you know, every once in a while in, in life, one of those guys comes along, you know, the, I can't even say generational. Uh, he's, a, he's a couple generational because uh, he's playing until he's 45. But those guys that are just rare and unique and, and can do something longer and better than everyone else. And, um, and, and I appreciate that we get another year to be able to witness that greatness. And uh, we'll see if it goes beyond that. The big game, Gene. I love that, Tom Brady. Uh, Richard Seymour in his Hall of Fame speech said, the Pat had a young quarterback, and they made it work. A little shot at Tom Brady there, the GOAT himself. I'm curious, uh, who is your next quarterback coming up on Quarterback Confidential where you're going to break? I love watching these videos on YouTube. You know what? Actually, uh, this week I'm going to actually break down Mitch Trubisky. So I, I think he's going to win the job in Pittsburgh at least to start the year, and I think a lot of us kind of forgotten who Mitch was. He had some really good moments in Chicago and, and then some of his struggles to see kind of where he's at this year. So this week, you know, as I go into the season, I'm always trying to go, okay, what are the, the cool storylines going into the beginning of the season? So I'm going to look at Mitch Trubisky again and kind of remind everybody of, of who he was and, you know, when he's at his best and the things that he struggled with. And let's see after a year off and a year in Buffalo and a year to kind of mature, um, you know, where he's at this year early on because they got a brutal schedule. And obviously they got a young kid right behind him. Um, you know, but I think a lot of people were excited about, you know, what his potential is. And, and I'm interested to see, um, you know, what he's going to be this year in Pittsburgh with that defense and if he can, you know, kind of resurrect his career. All right, Kurt Warner, looking forward to seeing that. Quarterback Confidential, Study Ball. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to join us today on the Rich Eisen Show. I know it's been a long weekend, but uh, your insight is the best. You're a great man, great human, great uh, Hall of Famer, and I uh, really appreciate you. Thanks, my man. We'll talk soon. Kurt Warner joining us on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, breaking down the Hall of Fame, the induction ceremony, his guy, Coach Vermeil, getting put into the Hall of Fame and uh, just getting some behind-the-scenes stories, really, really special stuff. Always getting to talk with Kurt about quarterbacks, about the NFL in general. Uh, Kurt Warner always been uh, real generous, just like Rich Eisen. Uh, great, great teammates over there at NFL Network. Steve Weissman filling in for Rich today on the Rich Eisen Show. Much more still to come as we wrap it all up. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased 
in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind the scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Great stories all show long. Steve Weissman filling in for Rich. The Rich Eisen Show appreciates everybody tuning in. NBC Sports on Peacock, Sirius XM, Channel 85, Westwood One, Terrestrial Radio Stations, Coast to Coast, streaming free on the Odyssey app. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Rich Eisen Show. TJ just took a photo of me. Wow. So that is going to hey be now. on the social media. <laughs> I mean, this is le- we are legit now. <laughs> <laughs> For, oh, you're official like the referee with the whistle, baby. So Just like uh, Art McNally getting inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. My first, my first official Rich Eisen Show photo. <laughs> Love that. By the way, uh, we, we've waited until 11.51 for our top story, Brockman. Uh, Kim and Pete, Keith, oh my gosh, <laughs> are done. Kim you Kardashian, know, Pete Davidson, like, what is this going to do to your we life? We live in a cynical world, people. You know, it's tough every day. Everyone's out there. Appreciate you guys doing <laughs> us, taking time to you know, make us part of your day. And, you know, sometimes things look bleak. And then a love comes along like Pete Davidson <laughs> so and Kim stupid. Kardashian, and you think, man, the sun will rise tomorrow. I will find true love one day. And then it all comes crashing down, Mike. Is there any such thing as love now if these two kids can't make it? I have Kardashian muted on Twitter, so I have no idea what, what you're talking about. They broke up. It's oh, over. Kim and Pete. I, I despise that family, so I don't. Uh, they, uh, you're just a hater. I'm not a hater. Like, but you, you're, you're a Pete Davidson guy, right? No one out Pete Davidson. Right. So you I gotta, didn't block him, so if when he posts it, I'll, I'll know it's By the TJ, transitive po- property. You pull need one to, out for love, TJ. You know I ain't paying attention to that, man. TJ doesn't. Not, you're, no. Thank you, TJ. You're like me. Just no, All right, more, no, no more importantly, guys. <laughs> no Good job, More TJ. importantly in our world, Shams, who seems to have all the inside scoop when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets. I wonder why that is. Shams has a news story out 15 minutes ago. Kevin Durant has informed owner Joe Sy that he does not have faith in the Nets' direction and reiterated his trade request and informed Joe Sy that he needs to choose between Durant or the pairing of GM Sean Marks and head coach Steve Nash. Who wins? I mean, what do you mean the pairing? Like, I guess them together? So okay. either they both got to go, like basically them or me. Can you keep Nash, though? I mean, like, why are you hating on St- Steve Nash? Know, Come on. Man. Basically, the guy, Steve Nash, that KD and Kyrie Irving handpicked to be the head right. coach. Because right. Kenny Atkinson was doing a good job. <laughs> they didn't need to fire him. It's the NBA. The player wins. It's the Players League, right? Player wins. Player wins. By the way, why do people get so upset with that? Like, we have these sports, right? Where it's always like the team owner, the person in charge, like they they dictate what the worker bee does with their life. You get drafted, you're stuck there for 10, 20 years. Now you got a league where actually like the employee has a little bit of power and people get so butthurt over this fact. 
I'm amazed because you can't do it in your job or I can't do it in my job, but like, go for it, man. Like do what you can do. You're playing the game. Put yourself in the position to make money and be yeah. happy. I mean, he know? asked for a trade. I mean, I think they should just give it to him. Yeah, <laughs> just I mean, acquiesce. I mean, you, you, you don't want to be there. Then we don't want you here. Well, where are you trading him? Yeah, that's just a problem. Please not Boston. But I know you don't want that, Chris. I don't Steve, want he says that. he doesn't want this. I don't want that. And he'd be upset if they lost I don't uh, want that. Jason Tatum. Why don't you, you want lose him? Tatum, use Jalen Brown. But I promise you, come October, if Kevin Durant no, is starting for you, not. you'd no. be like, hmm, no. I'm okay with this. No. Come on, bro. How could you not? We had a 2-1 lead in the finals without Kevin Durant. Yeah, well, you could have guess, had a 3-0 guess, lead guess in the finals with him. Guess what team we beat in the playoffs, swept actually, the team that had Kevin Durant. Don't, don't need him to win the title. That that's a bold statement there, bro. Don't need him to win the title. They're the Celtics are the betting favorite to win the championship. Okay, don't, don't need him. Betting in August for the NBA championship doesn't mean much, though. I mean, it means just the same as every other sport. Bills are the favorite in the NFL. What's the difference? I would love to see him go back to Golden State. Why? No, I want him to win again. I like KD. I want him, I want him to win another ring. Uh, big thanks, Kurt Warner, Andy Roddick, cool. Lisa Byington. MJ Acosta Ruiz joining us today. Steve Weissman filling in for Rich Thank on you, the Rich Steve. Eisen Show. Great job, bud. Good job, Rockman, Del Tufo, TJ. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.